Hello and welcome back to Garden State of Mind, South Jersey's most melancholy podcast, episode 32. I am one of your hosts, John. With me here I have Jeff. Jeff, how are you this weekend? Pretty good, Johnny Cakes. Hanging in there. My uh, my wild cats are floundering. Just lost a third straight. So many people but, are probably happy about that. Oh, that yeah. That your team is floundering and... Uh, what's his name? The the all star coach that everyone loves and adores. Uh, some people like to watch him stumble. I'm Jay not Wright. one of those people. Yeah, Jay Wright. I'm not one of those people. I lo- I like him. I don't know how someone doesn't like Jay Wright. Um, he's like the best. He's I, I, he's a perfect representative for my school, and I'm so proud of him. But well, people hate is. Villanova. They do. People hate Nova. I mean, I typically would hate Nova. I'm a St. Joe's guy. Right, um, but even I can respect the the teams and the, and the coaching over the years. I totally respect it. Now, there's a there's a basketball coach in Philly I don't like very much, and his initials are BB, and we can get into Aww. that later. Um, I, but what? No, yeah, you're not alone there. <laughs> no, I know I'm not alone there. Um, for anyone who's new to the podcast, you can reach us by emailing us. Uh, at Garden State of Mind cast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter handle, Garden ST8O Mind. Uh, that's on Twitter. We're on Instagram. You can find us there. But uh, email's the best way to go. And it is Oscar week. Oscars are tonight, as a matter of fact. Oscars are tonight. Excited. No. Um, I, I have some long shot bets in on Starsborn. And um, Villanova has destroyed my Super Bowl balance this week with three straight losses. So I need uh, I need some Sam Elliott and some Bradley Cooper and some Best Picture. I just I just did All Stars more. Just yeah, there's no chance, but it's like it's like the dumbest bet you can make. But it's when I had a yeah. good balance. <laughs> I didn't care. They're- they're not going to give it to a star is born, especially considering Bradley Cooper wasn't even nominated for for director. Correct? No, no, he's not. No, no. I heard a quote from him that he was, he's embarrassed. He's embarrassed about that. Like that made him feel bad. I, which I totally get. But I mean, so many people like the movie. I don't, I don't think there's any reason to to be embarrassed. I mean, it's a movie that everyone wants to see or has seen. And from what I hear, everyone who's seen it has loved it. It might not win an Oscar, but nothing to be ashamed of. No, and I think you know it, it'll stand the test of time. People will be talking about it for much longer than just this year's Oscars. Um, you know, quite frankly, the dude from Roma, um, he should win director. Like it was, it, the movie looked looked great. The story was an, was another. It was a problem, at least for me. It was yeah. pretty boring as shit, and uh, but the look of it was really great. Um, you know, this is just more Eagles bias. Everyone's jealous. We're the champs. Well, we were yeah. the champs. And uh, Bradley Cooper is, you know, a, a beautiful, beautiful man. And they're mad. He that is. He, they're mad he can direct. You know, that's all it is. Well, he's a Philly area guy, so obviously we love him. I, I mm. like just about everything that the guy does. Been in a lot of good movies. Uh, played a lot of good roles. Yeah. And I'm proud. I'm proud of him. He's not going to win. You know, his, his movie's not going to win tonight. 
at best, Sam Elliott may be Lady Gaga. I don't see Bradley Cooper winning for best actor. No. No. And he's always really good in everything. But He is. He is. But he's up against some toughies. I mean, Christian Bale from Vice, Willem Dafoe. I, I didn't see At Eternity's Gate. Um, that does look good. What's this guy's name? Rami Malek? Rami Malek? Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. Yeah, he's so, he's he's everyone the the hands-on favorite. Right. Cuz he played Freddie Mercury. Yes. Correct correct. All right. Mm-hmm. And then Vigo Mortensen from Green Book. And I heard a lot of good things about Green Book. I didn't see it. Um I heard a lot of good things about that though. Now, and that's you... Mahershala Ali also. Yeah. So he's looks like he's going to go back to back. Um but he yeah, back to back supporting actor wins for him. So wait, didn't he win for um, Moonlight? Yeah, but that that was supporting. Oh God, I thought he was the star of that movie. No, All it was right. no, he wasn't. It was like three time frames in that. Was that last year? Was that was two years uh, ago. I want to say that was two years ago. Oh, okay, I was off. He's not back to back. Either way, two wins in a matter of three years—pretty impressive. Now, do you know the Oscars? You know the Vigo Mortensen character is is uh, Big Carmine from Sopranos. No, I didn't know that. What do you mean it's it's Big Carmine? Explain. The actor Tony, whatever, that's him. He was the guy driving him around in the South. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Okay, that's pretty amazing. No, I yeah. didn't know that. Little insider. Little insider information that you can only find on Garden State of Mind. <laughs> right. No one, else is talk- no one else is talking about this. There's a reason for that, probably. But, um, you know, by the way, before we get too deep into our Os- our Oscars talk, I just wanted to say um, we're unable to, and this is a, a Garden State of Mind announcement more than it is about anything else that we're going to talk about on the podcast. We are unable to refund the R. Kelly tickets. That's that's not uh, going to happen. We're not going to be able to do that. However, we can offer 15% off on Bob Kraft's book, Not All Endings Are Happy. So th- and that discount will be available online starting next week. We'll give out the code. I'll put it in the show notes, okay? So you're probably excited about that, being a New England fan. and is To get Bob Kraft's inside take on what it takes to be a successful owner. <laughs> Is it wrong to be like gleeful about Robert Kraft? No, why is like, it wrong? Like, like setting aside the human trafficking aspect of it, right. and uh, you know, forget that for a second, and forget the broader conversation of legal prostitution. But uh, just another, just you know, just chalk this up on the on the right side of the ledger for Philadelphia. Not, we we can add to the list that none of our owners go to rub and tugs, or at least haven't gotten caught. Yeah, as far as we know, there's no way I see Jeff Lurie visiting a rub and tug. That's not happening. Um, nor Howie. I, there, no. This is yeah. something only some scumbag from Boston uh, would be involved in. Maybe yeah. somebody from New York. I could see that. But, yeah, Kraft got caught with his pants down, you know, <laughs> li- literally and figuratively. And uh, I couldn't be more happy. I know, it could have happened to a nicer city. Horrible, horrible people up there. And they deserve, you know, God, and it's funny, they do, they are resilient because every kind of taint 
<laughs> pun intended, you've thrown on their championships, you know, whether it was <laughs> Spygate spy or deflating balls or, you know, whatever. They roll with it and they defend it. And uh, here's just another one for them where their owner goes to massage parlors. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's wild. And it's how can you, you know, it, 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 they'll defend it. I'm sure they are. But it's just uh, it, it can't be easy. I was thinking about it. No, it can't be. But at the same time. Well, number one, I mean, for all the rub and tugs going on, these people should be a happier bunch, uh, th this Boston crew. I, I don't understand why they're always so miserable and, and upset. Rubbing and tugging and, and all these Super Bowl victories and, God, uh, basketball championships, baseball, World Series wins. This is ridiculous, this town. I was hoping that this would maybe impact them in some way, but it's not going to. The fans don't care. They really don't. You know, at the end of the day, they still have... Uh, they still have all these victories. No, yeah. Back on. This is easy to put into a box, pun intended again, of this <laughs> is just, <laughs> that's, that's just my owner. Yeah, I don't care what he did. And, you know, it was it was still Tom and Tom and Bill that won everything. Yeah. So, uh, but it's just, you know, it's always going to be fun now for uh, for everyone that hates them. Yeah, I, I mean, if it suddenly came out that, like, Brady was – found you know sucking a dick off of like 95 at some rest stop that would maybe impact them a little bit uh more so than this this He's is a... just kind of like a blip you know in their history but if brady was caught you know swallowing a pole i think that that would that would go a long way towards maybe staining that that fan base a little bit more uh, this isn't he... going to do the job and the, listen he's very particular about his diet if that was the case, we would, you know, they would defend it because, you know, he needs the protein. <laughs> yeah, true. The, so, the guy that he would be sucking off, he probably would have that guy eating a lot of avocado. Right. You know, so, he, you know what I mean. Pistachios, right. all his favorite flavors. Exactly. Whatever it takes for six rings. <laughs> and speaking of somebody who might be gay, let's get on to The Bachelor a little bit before we jump back <laughs> to the Oscars. Um... You know, it's taken. I don't know what week this was. How many episodes there have been now? Six, seven, maybe. God, has it been seven? Fourteen uh -huh. hours of viewing that I've I've sat through. Uh, you know, one thing's for sure: that Colton is boring as fuck. That that's where I land with this. And his greatest fear has been, you know, he doesn't want to get to the end of all this and and wind up with someone who doesn't want to get married. My greatest fear has already come true: that I've wasted two hours a week. Watching this effeminate, you know, heterosexual make poor choice after poor choice. It just, he's already uh, met my greatest fears. That They've come true already. Sad. Well, see, my greatest fear is that you would be down on the show and not continue to watch it. That's I'm my... going to continue to watch it, and I'll watch the next season. I'm still intrigued by this boring asshole because I want to see where he winds up here. Um, it's just, my God, it's the same thing week after week with him. Well, he's got a lot of fears, Johnny, and they're hard to overcome. I, I, you know, a, a side note, when I saw his dog, like, he's got an elder dog. His dog was really gray. It yeah. looked like a chocolate lab or a black lab. I, I was, I'm not, you know, I'm not, it was my first thought was, what a dick. Why is this guy leaving his dog for months at a time to be on this stupid show? And then I found uh, out from another podcast. Why can't he bring a dog? It, well, that too. I mean, yeah, he's got a couple dogs. Like he, he has two dogs. It's not even that one. But would you, in a million years, leave your, you know, old dog at home? I can't believe. I, 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 can't, I wouldn't. No. I can't I, believe I would this think, guy. 
Well, no, and I would think that he would want to see how the the women respond to his dog, how they treat her, how does the dog respond. You know, for a guy who's so into his dog, which is totally fine, I support that, you would think he would want to see how the dog bonds with the with the woman he's going to wind up with. Sure. He you can, know, that, that plays into they, things. They don't drug the dog and then put, like, or no, what, what did, uh, what did he do? What, something about Mary? Something about Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Put, I, I can't remember what sleeping pill they put it into, you know, but they put it into those little pill pockets, and they uh, they slid them under the door, and then came back, and yeah, the thing was like half dead for Matt Dillon. It was Matt Dillon that did it. Yeah. I'm already thinking of, of Tom Brady at the rest stop with Ben Stiller, too, from a few oh. minutes back. Oh, yes. Oh, and he gets stuck. Yeah, when, the, when yeah. The, all of a sudden the lights come on and all the cops are there. <laughs> And he's like, I was just had to go to the bathroom, and all the other gay guys are like, yeah, me too. I just had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> talk, talk about an underrated comedy. Uh, it's something about Mary, one of my all-time favorites, really is. It, it is. It's great, start to finish. Uh, yeah, so many great moments. Um, yeah, so I mean, some of the, some of my random th- random thoughts from The Bachelor this week, like he got rid of Hannah B. Uh, the the other Hannah now yeah. Hannah G cer- certainly way more attractive I get it um, but I I kind of liked Hannah B and she seemed like she's actually ready like she would marry this guy and he seems to be getting rid of people that would probably marry him now some of them left because they said they're not they don't want to go through with this or they didn't think that they could you know get to the end and and make that commitment but it seems like he's launching some people that would be ready for marriage and keeping people around who I don't think are going to want to marry him. Like Cassie. Yeah, well, he's, you know, he's really not doing well in his investigation, I don't think. And, um, he, you know, he's now... Not, he's not good at navigating he said, she said conversations, you know, and arguments. <laughs> he's not good with that. He just believes and then disbelieves the next thing he's told. <laughs> right. Uh, hey, uh, Cassie, Kaylin told me that um, you're not ready for marriage, so what say you? And she's like, well, no, I am. He's like, okay, good. That's what I wanted to hear. Okay, here's the rose. Like, I mean, how, the, the investigation is not very in-depth. Yeah, I, uh, I don't think any of these ladies are going to fold into questioning. No, this is not like Jack Tiberius Burns lie detector test, you know, that where he's not able to, to, to cipher you know what they're good how whether or not they're lying telling the truth he he's i don't see him getting that out of them so he doesn't know one damn thing about where any of these women are headed he doesn't know what's in their heads at all well i could tell you but but just about nothing for most of them but <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that johnny uh but yeah, yeah it's set it, that one up they're just um i you know what hannah who who left you know She's like whatever social influencer or whatever. I thought I thought she was pretty genuine throughout, but you know she made it all worthwhile with her going away line of you know I don't want to be with someone that doesn't treasure me every day or whatever she said. And you're like, yeah. okay, good, yeah, good for you. I liked her. Like I said, I liked her. She was the one who made those scary faces. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah. Didn't make the weird scary faces. I thought she was funny. Uh, she didn't bother me. I yeah. knew he wasn't gonna wind up with her. I thought she was kind of cool. He's too much of a douche. Uh, you know, to wind up with her. So that's fine. I was pissed that he didn't jump the fence. You know, when the hell is that coming? When is this fence? I know, like, uh, 
kind of it's, got, it's got to be one of the last well obviously it's one of the last few episodes i, I have to assume it's coming this week it has to well i don't know though they might they might spread that or you know keep everyone hanging for as long as they can um i i don't know i i want i do want to say one thing and um you don't have a son and i guess are you done having kids yeah, complete. Okay. Uh, if I'm ever drinking a glass of wine with Hayden in my backyard around a fire pit, just shoot me, man. Just I give you permission. Put it in my will that you're allowed to kill me at that point, and especially if my son is still a virgin at twenty something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I would say first order of business is you trying to help Hayden. Uh, you know, find some ass so he could just seal the deal and get that uh, problem out of the way. Uh, you know, see where it's led Colton. It's uh, Hayden. Uh, you know, they're called rub and tugs. Robert Craft. They're good enough for Robert Craft. You could do it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now here, fi- finish, finish up that Merlot. Come on, buddy. <laughs> right. Right. Hold on. Let's have a little, yeah, a couple, couple of glasses of rosé while we talk this out. Oh Dad, my God. Can you get me that 89 Chianti out of the cabinet? <laughs> You got it, son. <laughs> uh, I love the idea of Hayden as a sommelier. I, yeah, yeah. This that's that's uh, that's my greatest fear. That that should be. That's fearful. I'd be fearful uh, of that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I like his dad better than I like him. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's the same thing. Like, what, what, this guy should be the bachelor. <laughs> right. Yeah, Colton's not worthy of this role. I can't. This is hilarious to me. I mean, do you see it as one of the biggest failures for uh, you would know better again? Is this one of the bigger failures for a bachelor season because of him? No, no, because you know what? There was like a couple of really bad dudes. Um, like there was I, I can't remember why they were ba- like there was some guy named Jake that everyone just hated. And then there was some um, some Spanish guy that everyone hated, too. Like they were just total dicks. Like out and out dicks. So, you know, you give Colton that. He, he seems like a very nice guy. Just, you know, just. He does. Just a dope. Yeah, he's clueless. He's clueless, which is, that makes sense for a 26-year-old guy. That's basically what you are. You're clueless. And, and, um, and this show at this point, it's 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 really has its life, a life of its own. It's like, meaning that you're just going to always watch it. It doesn't really matter what is necessarily happening. It's like its own thing now. I totally agree. People love it, you know. Uh, yeah, oh, I've it's seen stuff it's, on Twitter about it everywhere. You know, people oh. I work with are talking about it. So finally, I can at least join in the conversation there, which is fun. Yeah, it's always trending like number one on Monday nights. Sure, uh, of course, and now it's only going to be that much more popular as we're nearing the end of. Colton's journey, you know, to find love. Yeah, this is his se- his second go around, considering I, he was a contestant. I I saw um, so Netflix. I saw Forty Year Old Virgin was on there, so yeah. I queued it. I queued it up and I fast forwarded to the end just to remind Melinda of what I was talking about. And listen, I'm not. This is this is certainly not an original thought. I'm I'm guessing other people thought of the same thing I thought of, of you know doing that dance number at the end. Uh, but but it's just uh, it, it kind of just such a perfect ending for this show, and I guarantee on Twitter that night it'll there'll be tons of this. I guarantee it. Yes, 
Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, are we positive that he's not busting his cherry before the end of the season? No, yeah. So like, I, I pretty yeah, I think think so. I mean, you, you're saying he will or he won't before the end of the season. I'm saying he will. He will, right? I yeah. mean, I think so as well. Um, so, so then it would be at the, right after that happens, they would jump into this song and dance sequence, is what you would want. Yes. Okay. But but we're we're, we're going to see it online. I know we are. If we were clever enough, we could we could create it ourselves. Right. If I knew could, I, if I could Photoshop you know cut or, and paste, yeah. yeah I don't know. Video editing, it's too much work though. But it yeah. would be great. <laughs> I'll throw be... it out there, you know, in Twitter world. Maybe somebody will in the Twitter verse. Maybe somebody will do it. Maybe somebody will take that challenge and create that video. That would be amazing. Yeah, if you're if you're inclined, it shouldn't be that difficult. No, I don't think so. Well, and I if... mean, it's yeah. If you have video editing experience, you can get it done. Yeah. Um, anything else in this thoughts? guy? I don't, yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, there, there's nothing else to talk about. I'm waiting for him to jump over the fence and get really frustrated with, with, I don't know. There's only four women left, so I'm not sure which one's going to be pissing him off. Um, who's left? Tasha, Cassie, Kaylin, and Hannah G. Is that right? That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, hmm, yeah, so he's getting pissed off. It's probably from from more fighting or there there's someone else is coming to him this week and saying, "Well, so and so is not ready. They don't want to get married." And he's going to be like, "What the fuck? This is like 8 weeks in a row. I keep getting bad information." <laughs> yeah, he's going to go jump over a fence and upset everybody. Melinda's uh, uh Melinda's very upset that Cassie was on a Christian dating TV show or something and was engaged or, or close or, or something. She's only 23. She's already done that too. I don't, you know, she might not be here for the right reasons. <laughs> That's his greatest fear, you know. It is his greatest fear. So, oh, wow. Okay, well, that's a shame. Cassie's my favorite, but to find out that she's already been on the road to engagement now twice by age 23, that's, I'm sorry, that's a knock against her. Yeah. That shows she's a something's, dummy. Something's off. She's a speech pathologist, uh, though. She's not dumb. She, or at least book, she's got book smarts. I think um, I've heard that real speech pathologists are pissed that, they, that that's up there because they're, what everyone's guessing is that ABC put that up there. Like, she might be on her way to being a speech pathologist but not certified or something. So she's offended the community of speech pathologists. Yeah, you know, I'm sure they're they're very they're outraged. My sisters are speech pathologists. I'll have to ask them about that. They both yeah. do that same work. Interesting. Hmm. Okay, I guess we are done with the bachelor for this week. Yeah. Certainly, we'll have we'll have more to discuss uh, next week. I know that much. Yes, there'll be some the home, the hometowns. There'll be some better stuff, more awkward conversations. More poor dads being like, why am I on TV? Why am I talking about this? I mean, I, I, you know, I picture from both ways. God forbid Hayden is the bachelor. And God forbid that, uh, you know, Chloe is one of the contestants. And I'm, you know, trying to figure this all out. And I'm on TV. Oh, please. I can't someday watch your kids on The Bachelor or Bachelorette. <laughs> 
That'll make me sad. Or my own daughter. <laughs> I don't want Olivia on there either. Oh, Although, God. I would hope that, you know, as we've kind of discussed, like Hayden is 15 years old and already has the cynicism of a 46-year-old man. Uh, you know, he's he's learned years ago how everything was bullshit. Um, Chloe, I think, you know, it's funny. Chloe and I, whenever we see people have, like, daddy-daughter dances, and forgive me if, yeah. you've, been, if you've done one, but we look at each other and we're like, oof, we dodged a bullet, never having to do one of those things. Like, it just seems so... <laughs> So awkward. Well, wait a minute. We, when what? she gets married someday, you're not going to dance with her? Well, no, no. But you see the people that have like the full on dance. Like, I, you know, yeah. Chloe and I have a good relationship. Like we've taken a number of trips just like on our own, like either visiting colleges or going to concerts. Like, you know, right. we, we have a good, you know, a good relationship. So it's not like we're, you know, we, we can't be around each other. But like I said, we're both like, oh, thank God we didn't have to just go through the motions of. Dancing and slow dance. I guess I guess you just dance with your daughter all night. It just seems very awkward to, to us. No, I don't think that's the point of it. Like a daddy. Look, I've I honestly haven't really had to do that yet. Olivia's only ten, okay. so I haven't. You know, we haven't had any dance situations uh, besides like we've been to weddings together. But even then, like she wouldn't want to do that, nor would I. It's kind of awkward or weird when a, a grown up's dancing with a kid. But um, I would imagine. If we were somewhere where there was like a daddy-daughter dance, I, I guess if she was a little older, I would do it. It's not something I'm super looking forward to. Besides, like the day that she gets married, yeah, of course I'm gonna you're gonna do the father-daughter dance, right? But, you know, I would feel like a weirdo if I didn't do that. Um, but I don't want my daughter to get married anytime soon, so certainly I'm not looking forward to that. You have that probably closer on the horizon than I do, my friend. Yeah, probably, I probably, yeah. but you know. But like I said, I she's a senior in high school, so we dodged the daddy daughter actual dance bullet. Oh, good, good for you. Thanks. Yeah, but you you guys have a good relationship. It would probably be fine <laughs> if you actually danced. Well, we would probably just sit there and make fun of everybody, and which would which is always fun. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't dance. I I'm I'm so jealous, and I hate guys that can. So I'm just annoyed. Well, I mean, fa that's... fast dance or slow dance. Fast. Oh, well, I certainly can't fast dance. I mean, I, I'll do it. If I if I have to, I'm at a wedding. It's like, come on, come on. You know, I'll go out there. I'll do something. I, I can I can pull it off a little bit. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I'm sure you can. In a crowd full of other white guys, of course I can. You know, <laughs> I just drown in, in that same, you know, sea of, of white men that also can't dance like me. Yeah, but then um, you then you'll have the random white man that that you're, that you're just like then it becomes like a circle around this guy as he's busting every move possible, and you're like, what the fuck? How did this happen? Yeah, they usually <laughs> take their shirts off too. Those guys, they'll take they at least go down to t-shirt. You know, they'll strip to t-shirt, and yeah, they'll do some breakdance moves. Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I'm, certainly. I've never. God, I would die if I was in the middle of a crowd of people, oh. and. When I went to, uh, I was in my cousin's wedding when I was like 12, you know, and, uh, you know, look, it was a nice thing for him to do to pick me to, to be in the wedding, but I was, you know, awkward as fuck, right? I had yeah. braces. I was just ugly as hell. Um, and of course there was a, a girl in the wedding who was my age, roughly. And right. so of course we're, we're paired together. Um, and you know, I'd like, I wasn't 
I wasn't obviously, you know, impressing her in any way, shape, or form, right? She she had no interest in me. But we had to do this. They did this damn dance contest with everyone who's in the the wedding, you know, in the bridal party, and they would, you know, we we had to be out there. I'm like, I guess we were we were fast dancing. So embarrassing. I don't know what the hell I was doing. I couldn't even imagine. Oh. I'd probably die if I had to watch it today. And we made it to like the final four because oh, they were probably just they probably just felt bad for us, right? The little you know, kids were kids, so it was based on applause, you know. So, so we we made it to it was like the other couple and then us, and you know I was so embarrassed. Now there were literally just four of us up on this dance floor in the middle oh. of this wedding. I'm fucking twelve years old. Like, what kind of torture are you putting? you know, an adolescent boy through, and a girl, to be honest. I, she probably was mortified also. The fact that I had to be up there dancing in front of these people, this is family doing this to me. I was so fucking... T- like, I to this day, I just... I want to throw up when I think about my performance that night at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, my blood's running cold thinking about if I was in this situation. That's fucking yeah. horrible. It was terrible. And uh, spoiler alert, we fucking lost, okay? We didn't win. <laughs> you know, the other couple won. You know, we just made it that far because people felt bad for us because we were kids. But, ugh. That's... Ugh, God, if, I would hate to see what I was actually doing on that dance floor. That is awful. That's, yeah. You need to see Dr. Melfi. I think, you know, I'll, even... tell you, I'll tell you what. Somebody has a copy of that video. <laughs> that wedding video. All right, we'll post it when you're ready. It'll be our it'll be our Baba Booey video. I, I do not have a copy of my nor do my parents, but I guarantee you my cousin or my <laughs> uncle has a copy of that wedding video where I am dancing like a dick on, on that dance floor. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Yeah, uh, point to the dolly, Johnny, where the wedding party hurt you. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Everywhere, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> what um, you know, uh, real quick back to the Bachelor. So if you haven't noticed, they love to put the Bachelor and his one-on-one date at a concert, sometimes with an audience, sometimes this week without, and then they put them up on a little pedestal above everyone, and then they have to dance or slow dance or or kiss or something, and it's so bizarre. Is is that weirder for the band, the random band that we've never heard of on stage, or the people in the audience, or if there's no, I I don't know why they they do this all the time, all the time. I don't know who it's weirder for. I mean, if I was the band, I'd be ashamed that I was performing there. You know that that was my gig. I mean, I guess you take anything, but it just seemed embarrassing to me, like selling out, right? You, you think of a band like selling out to do that that job for sure if i was if i was colton and you know whatever the, the 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 girl that he's with um i don't think it's as weird for them to me it's weird for the band to be singing just to those two people it's really strange and yeah i don't even know who the hell that was Is that some country band i don't know i yeah i don't even know right now i just think about i've seen this so many times Melinda and I have the same feeling like where, you know, we're both not dancers and don't want to be dancing in front of people or any of this stuff or just, you know, it's so awkward. Like, I don't know why it's awkward for everybody. It's awkward for a viewer at home watching this. They still, yes. they, they still put us through it. 
I guess they think that it's like a, a romantic moment. And I guess there are some women out there who are like, wow, I wish that was me, you know, with that bachelor, just uh, just the two of us and this band singing to us. Like some people like that serenading. Um, that's all that it is. It, you know, it's like, it's like being serenaded. You know, if you're in a restaurant or something like that, they come over and they're singing and you're there with your wife and, uh, and they're singing right at your table. That's what that is. It's the same yeah. concept. Yeah, that's awful too. Happy anniversary, Tony and Carmela. <laughs> let's let's go right into Sopranos rewatch. About on that note, let's do it. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you like that transition? Perfect. If we had better technology, I could have had that clip right from the show just to carry I, us in. That I know. Perfect timing. Real real quick, since you brought it up. This is this is a tough one. What? You're at an anniversary dinner, and Carmela is probably not alone in that she would act like that, like if if you went to talk to someone else. Is it the end of the world, Carmela and ladies of the world and an anniversary dinner? You know, just let your guy talk to somebody. It's no big deal. It's just a dinner. It's just an anniversary. Why do everyone put so much pressure on these these quote unquote milestones and moments? Well, is that me? Just um, being, that's me. I know this is um, at the other end of the spectrum on this type of shit. Yeah, I would say, given what we know about Tony's history, and that he's banging gumas and everything else, and what Carmela knows about it, he should probably be able to dedicate like a two-hour dinner to just sit with her, right? In the grand scheme of things, no, it doesn't matter. He should be able to go and talk to Johnny Sack while he's got Carmela out to dinner for. But still, 10 minutes is a long time when you're sitting there by yourself, pre-smartphone? What the fuck? You're going to leave me at a table to do what? <laughs> That's my a good food's point. not even there, or I don't like my food, and I'm just sitting there staring at your plate like I can't even flip through a phone. That's uh, a good, that's a good point. <laughs> Think about it. God. All right, so epi- episode four. Episode four, Meadowlands, written by Jason Cahill, directed by John Patterson. Either of those names mean anything to you? Not really. Cahill, I know, wrote like another 13 episodes or 12 episodes. Um, yeah. Pat- Patterson, I'm not sure how many, how much directing he did on the show after this. Okay. Uh, but no, nothing off the top of my head. Not till like next episode and the episode after where we get the heavy. Did, did you like this <laughs> episode? Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. It, it, I'm always I'm, I'm so bad at uh, why I love Seppenwall so much is because I'm really bad at analyzing things and figuring out the you know the subtle little subtle things happening. Um, but on this one, I, I I had called a lot of the stuff, and then like you know I I, I read Seppenwall after I watch the show. I don't know what what order you do it. Oh, same, same. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't so, like, I don't read it before or after. You know, just little things like when he drops the nail gun, like the Godfather. I it was like, I wrote the same thing, and then you know he said it as well, and and um, I just I'm not sure. How, I almost want to read Seppenwall first now. Like I'm I'm proud of myself when I can come up with something that Seppenwall does or notices. <laughs> yeah. Now that was a stapler, right? You talking about when he went after yeah. Mikey? Yeah. Yeah. Sta- <laughs> that's right. The stapler. Um, first dream sequence of The Sopranos. Yeah, so I was going to talk about dream sequences. Um, historically, I do not like them anywhere in anything. I've never really said, wow, I love that dream sequence. 
I think the only one that I ever liked was um, took place in season two. You know, with all the with all the hemming and hawing he was doing about pussy. But we'll we'll get to that obviously yeah. later. I don't love these early Sopranos dream sequences. Really? I'm shocked. I don't like them. Well, they don't seem realistic to me. You know, like, and I know a dream is a dream, but what I mean is that I don't know. Just the way that a dream sequence is shot and pulled off, it feels just very staged, not natural. And that's how I felt about these, where switching Melfi's face with with Livia Sopranos, and I, I can't remember if that was this episode or, or it was. episode five. It was, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was weird to me. Well, or maybe it wasn't this episode, one of these three, but I I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's a little heavy-handed of, you know, just making sure everyone know, realizes that Tony has the thing, you know, Tony has unresolved issues with the mom, and then, you know, he has the meta. I guess it came up with the next episode. Or no, maybe the third it, it might have been yeah, it might have been the third one. Yeah, where Melfi says, "Oh, you know, who who do I remind you of?" So I I guess they're just trying to hammer that home. But I you know, see I I don't know. I kind of like the dream sequences. I was like I kind of like seeing the first one. I you know I had no recollection of when it ever had it happened. Um, but I think again, uh, and especially we'll get into this with the next episode, um, college, but there's such a romantic version of all this stuff and to just see regular people, you know, just kind of going through this or going through, you know, uh, panic attacks or seeing a psychologist and, you know, not realizing, you know, the influence of the crazy mother and, and all this stuff. I, it's such an interesting, just an interesting take on the genre. It's just amazing. I think. Yeah. I think the, the themes that they were going for there were perfect. To me, it was just sometimes, like you said, I think it's the heavy-handed or what some people call ham-handed. How yeah. they, it sometimes felt like they just shoved it in my face. Uh, you know what they were trying to communicate there. It's like I feel like I was going to get there on my own without understanding that Tony was now having dreams, where you know his mother's face was on Melfi's body or vice versa or whatever. I, I don't know. I I guess just something I don't like <clears throat> the way they went about presenting it. Sometimes that's all. Well, I think Chase kind of wisely realized that, that you had to take baby steps in this show because we're all going to just be expecting, you know, Santino and Michael. And, you know, we're, we're not going to be ready for the contemplation of this guy of, you know, you know, most people watching a mob show are just going to be like, Tony, don't be a pussy. Like, why are you going to shrink? Like, you know, we'd be like every other dumb mob guy that would kill him for finding this out. Um, right. You know, so he had to ease us in, then kind of bludgeon us over the head of what this really means in his dream sequence. But I think it's a way just to keep keep that dummy. And let's face it, there was a lot of dummies that watched this show to the end that only cared about murders and beating yeah. up. You know, they, that's all they gave a shit about. So you, you know, I think I think chase kind of figured out how he had to get everyone's first steps in the door here i guess so and i think it's it's not easy when you're trying to build a story um i get it like they're not always going to do it perfectly you're still getting used to how these actors are handling your lines and and how the directors are are, are handling the script and and everything else i totally get it so i i wouldn't kill the sopranos right these are all still great episodes um some of them aren't aren't my favorites but there's some really funny stuff in here, too. I mean, 
just looking at like AJ's fights <laughs> in the hallways. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> he's not the not the world's greatest fighter. I know. Um, it, yeah, it's embarrassing. Steppenwall made note of that too. How it was a good, just fucked up kid fight. Yeah. For a perfect. fat a fat fart knocker, quote unquote. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I remember fart knocker. Like I've I've heard that since I was a kid. Um, pretty good stuff. And then the other thing that kind of made me laugh, and it shouldn't have, was that Vin, you know, Macasian. Uh, the, the, the cop that Tony's got on his payroll now because he's into him so deep. I forget how much he owes him. This is like 60 grand, I, I, 100 grand. I, I think it was 75. 75, okay. So a lot of boxes is Edie. And he's got him tailing, you know, Melfi and her date. And <laughs> what an asshole that Vin is, man. He's a, yeah. he's a bad dude. Really yeah. bad. Now, I would have to say that the date, Mark Bloom as Randall. He he needed another beating for the way he treated Crocodile Dundee at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, he was a douche. He was a douche. He was Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, he was a real dick to him. And he was the original, you know, he was the original Robert Kraft where he had that, you know, striped blue shirt with the white collars and the cufflinks and then, like, the slick back hair. And, uh, you know, I'm going to ask... I'm going to ask my girlfriend to marry me, but first I'm going to ask her dad, the, you know, the newspaper magnet. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I love that part. It's so, it's so swarmy though. Well done. Well done. When he, after he gets <laughs> to marry him, the it dad, I, it just, I, that's, that's, that is the richest guy I've ever seen. I think it's, <laughs> it's this guy. So he deserved another beating in my book. He did. Well, he got one. My God. Yeah. Macasian, like, how many times did he kick him? It had to be, like, 12 times. <laughs> your, your your ribs would be shattered. Um, I, I don't know why she chose him, but I thought it was just... It's just interesting that Tony would have... And this is, again, this was something that just always bothered me. Like, God, he's, he's that interested in her already where he needs to have her followed and he wants to know what's going on with her. And then, are you telling me that Macasian wouldn't do enough dirty or homework to figure out that she was a psychiatrist and that Tony's going to a psychiatrist and then use that against him? Like, I, I well, don't know. He's a cop, right? Hey, Vic, uh, did you not uh, tail her on Tuesdays and see Tony coming in the door? Well, that's the other thing. You know, right. He. And by the way. Yeah, like, I want you to tail her on mo Sundays, Mondays, and then Wednesday through uh, Saturday. Tuesdays, I want you to leave her alone. Right. And what the fuck? What is this? Uh, this Obamacare office where there's a dentist across the hall from a, a shrink? What the <laughs> oh, my God. That was, yeah, and then how about how many times you've been to the dentist where they walk you to the door and they make a yeah. little joke with you on your way out? Here you go, Mr. Dante. No, don't forget the floss. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm assuming it's just a room behind that door. They need to walk you all the way to it and close the door behind you? I, you know, I guess this, the, the sets were limited at that it. point. And they, well, listen, and that's why I think you may be a little off where that's why Tony was so freaked out when he saw Silvio. That's why he has Marcasian watching her just to make sure no one else figures this out. I think, I don't think he was, yeah, he ends up falling in love with her, but I don't think that's what it was in the beginning. It was just making sure he was safe. Okay. 
I don't know. I guess, yeah. All right. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I, I, it does bother me that he would put a cop on the psychiatrist wondering, wouldn't the, and, and I guess, you know, Vin was thinking, oh, this is just Tony's girlfriend. I, I guess that's, that's what it was, right? Yeah. That's what Steppenwall thought. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I would have been a little, if I was already frightened about being discovered, um, you know, if I were Tony and I didn't want people to find out I was going to a shrink, I don't know if I'd put a, a, a dirty cop on her tail. Uh, I don't know. Just that's just me, but but that good episode, good episode. I think the next one, college uh, episode five, real quick, a little bit more of a, a fan of. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, real quick. Um, in terms of you know, not the limited sets or whatever, but so Brendan gets shot in the bathtub, and you know it looks great. He's in the bathtub and it's full of blood and whatever, but. Uh, you know, I'm speaking personally. When's the last time you took a bath? Uh, when I was 10, 9? <laughs> I will. I, uh, you know, our our bedroom actually has like a, a jacuzzi tub. I've lived, yeah. in, I've lived in this house for 13 years. And I've probably sat in that bathtub six times. Uh <laughs> I just don't see twenty year twenty something year old Brendan. I know it's for effect. We want to shoot him in the bathtub, but guys right. in bathtubs, it's just not. It just doesn't. It's not a thing. That's no, just, it's not. Yeah, you're in there with your cigarette. That's relaxing. Yeah, right. The the, we, the tub. I mean, you're. It's so tight that your legs are hanging over the side. Yeah, is that fun? At, it, is that comfortable? <laughs> no. Tub water, to my recollection, of regular tub, the the water gets cold in about three minutes. Like how's this relaxing? It's, it's an odd look for a young man. It is. Well, that's why he got shot. <laughs> right. That's that's part of it. Don't be a pussy. Take a shower. Yeah. It's bizarre bathing habits. You know, unless he's like cutting his nail. Maybe he's cutting his toenails. Maybe that was his cutting his toenails time of the month. Ugh. Yeah. Hijack by Jack. Good good mo- good moment for the yeah. show. I did like the I did like the execution. I, it was pretty good. I uh, I do want to mention that Livia said I like hearing my name when he told her to go to New York, and she's like that Giuliani because he was <laughs> she didn't like him. I, I I liked hearing her say that. I wish I want I want to get a little clip of that and maybe make it my ringtone. Well, I always loved it in Goodfellas when they said Gribs. You don't want to wind up like Gribs, do you? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I mean, uh, it's it's fun to hear your name. Uh, mentioned, but uh, college. Now, hold on, so hold on. College, I'm, I'm sorry, I had to interrupt one more oh time. Oh my god, how, how much more time you want to spend on this episode? Go uh, ahead. Hello, did you hear about the Chinese Godfather? He made him an offer he couldn't understand. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good line. <laughs> All right, college. Line. I enjoy that one. So, college episode five, written by James Manos Jr. and David Chase, directed by Alan Coulter. So, Alan Coulter, I know. Uh, I th- he's done a lot of stuff on HBO. I could have sworn that he was responsible for some of Six Feet Under. I know Alan Ball is a creator, but um, so good director. Certainly David Chase uh, writing that helped. That's why it's probably one of the best episodes in Sopranos uh, history for me. College was. Oh, absolutely, and then you know, and this is, you know, this is where it all comes together. Um, this is just a regular guy visiting colleges, and I actually had to. Um, I don't know why he's staying in a motel. Like as as a traveler myself, there's 
there is zero chance you're putting me in a motel. Like there's no, and I actually, I actually looked up online Colby College. There's a yeah. Hamp, there's a Hampton Inn a mile away. I don't know why he's in yeah. this motel where some random guy can come along and look at the manifest and see who's staying there, and almost kill you. But yeah, I stayed in a motel that looked like that. It was in the middle of Nebraska, and I literally had to go there because it was like a twister coming. Like there was nowhere else to go. Yeah, man, I had to pull over. I would never choose to stay in a place like that. Right in in the in the seventies, maybe you stayed in motels or something in Florida. I don't know. I, I mean, there, there's certainly more hotel chains now. Maybe that Hampton Inn is new, but I don't, you know. Yeah, you're letting your daughter sleep on one of those beds. Ugh. Oh, God, that's a Robert Kraft so, fucking joint. It, it is. It is. Can you guess what my favorite line was from the show? From that episode? Any guess on the quote? Mm. Mm. Look, hold on, let me look. No, no, I don't. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll let me relay it to you. Okay. So it's when they. Oh. What was this guy's name? Fevy Petrulio. Yeah. So they're talking about they're talking about how he did a bust of Frank Sinatra. And Christopher yeah. says that was Frank that bust. I thought it was Shaquille. Fucking needs to practice on lips. <laughs> That's right. And then when they show that bust later on, I guess it was Ronald Reagan. I think they yes. showed a different bust. It was like Ronald Reagan, <laughs> and they focus on the lips. <laughs> you know, just hilarious, man. It's more than just being funny. That is such, you know, such a great detail. Just such a great, it is. you know. You could sit us in a room for a million years and we would never think to come up with something that interesting of like – like that clinches it. Like Tony sees that. He's like, yep, I fucked up the lips again. Uh, yeah, it started out as a great joke and that was a good callback later in the episode and it seals the deal for Tony You know, narrowing in on, oh, this is the guy. Yeah. This is his office. Yeah. Just great, great just great details. Um, you know, I, I'm also uh, – I also like the fact that Tony went to Seton Hall. <laughs> Suck at Seton Hall. Full number one. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it just uh, – I like – you know, it's funny. I thought I was going to fast forward the Carmella stuff. But uh, yeah. but it was good. It, was, it wasn't It was as bad as I thought it might have been because I don't know if I've seen that episode in a while um, Well, to think about I- the Father Phil stuff. So Intentola, Father Phil, yeah, I, I can't stand that guy. I'm assuming a lot of people can't stand him. I didn't find him to be a very good actor. Some of his lines were just so odd to me. Like they didn't sound like things that people would say. He says like, "You think I'm a schnorra or well, you a are heady brew, yeah, or I I got a Jones for your big ZD. Like who talks like this? Let alone a priest. See, I didn't. I didn't get it. No, I think, I think priests a little bit like that. Like if you're a priest and you're around, you know, your, your parishioners, you want to come off oh, first of all, especially back in our day, you know, the priest was God on earth. I mean, this is why everyone got molested because everyone held them in such high regard, but you look at them and you want to forget the fact that they're fucking weirdos, you know, being taking a vow of celibacy so at least you want them to be worldly and have great vocabularies and like, you know, you know, be into wine and food and movies and culture and everything else. Like at least, OK, so this guy's only half a fucking weirdo if he's kind of into this kind of stuff. I think it's I think a lot of priests kind of will, will put on those airs. I guess so. Yeah, I 
I think that his lines are just weird to me. Um, there were some weird visuals in this episode with when he's giving her the communion and literally she's on her knees, yeah. like face in front of his crotch. You know, to me, while he's giving her the, um, you know, the, the host and, and the, the wine, and then he's throwing that wine back. She had her sip and then he gulped the rest of the, the, the goblet or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah, it was good. It was a good episode. And I mean, that was a good sequence within the episode. I totally got where they were headed here. Yeah. Um, he just, that guy, Intentoli, rubs me the wrong way. And it was also weird that they had a different Father Phil, like literally five episodes before that. Right. Or four episodes before that in the, in the, in the opener. Yeah. Yeah. The, the basically blowjob pose and then the close up of, the communion and the wine going in her mouth was, you know, obviously intentional. And I, it, yes. it was, it was interesting when, when he finishes the, you know, the religious wine, that was like that, you know, that one gulp where you're like, Oh, well, I'm drunk. Like he kind of stumbled a little bit as he drank it. He, he did. So I think that that's really interesting as well, that that's what put him over the edge. Yeah. And doesn't he, um, well, no, we'll get to that in the next episode. There's a there's a line that Carmela um, says to him, but I don't want to talk about that yet. Yeah, I lo- it's hilarious when he goes and he throws up, and and then that next morning he wakes up on their couch. Yeah, that, that is just an embarrassment for a priest. That's awful. That's the bottom rung of priesthood. Right it, there. And it was weird that you know um, he didn't ask her to change his sheets because most priests, that's on the tip of their tongue. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Sorry, Johnny Cake. Only when I'm ar- only when I'm around. <laughs> hey, what would you play? Name that Pope. <laughs> Name that Pope. Yeah, he slipped you a wafer. I like what Tony. That's so great though. Tony getting mad at, you know, getting jealous. And that guy, I man, I grew up with that guy, just all over the place. You're gonna do, and in fact, you know, um, even jumping back to Jackie for a second when he dies, he's like. You know, what kind of God would do this as you are killing people like, you know, this <laughs> the number one worst thing you could do is take a life. And, they're you know, they're still like, you know, thinking about God. That's what makes it so interesting is how they come. They, they don't come to grips with this stuff. They don't realize that they are going to hell and there's nothing they can do. And I thought that was great, too, where the first time, you know, this is Carmela's first confession with Phil. I think she had one other. She's been to another shrink and then Melfi. You know, she's known this all along that she's complicit in all this. But it's how much you can, uh, you know, how much you can live with. Yeah. Well, I mean, Carmela seems fine with it. You know, she 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 breaks down as if, oh, this is a problem for her. But in reality, you know, like when she's ordering all that furniture as revenge or, or you know, to get back yeah. at him, it's it's you know, it's blood money. That she's spending, and she's come to she's come to grips with it, and she talks about oh I, you know my kids here, my babies are here, and you know I'm I'm letting them uh, bear witness to this, and it's like well okay, so what are you gonna do about it? Nothing. No, nothing. Now I don't know what she could do because I don't think Tony would let her leave. Um, certainly not when the kids are that age, but I don't know. Yeah, and yeah it's good. Look, I mean, it shows the complexities of of the character. What you know, and, you, and where they're at. We don't even know. Um, or I don't know off the top of my head who uh, who Don Vito's wife's first name was, but there is there is no shot in hell that she was going to 
be telling her priestess or regretting this or thinking about this. This was just her life. Yeah, you know, they kept the wives in the dark in the Godfather, you know, world. But, you know, I'm sure that was she wasn't thinking these things like this. And again, another great take on this is the first mob wife that we're seeing. It's not just a dope and is thinking about this stuff and, you know, it's, it's killing her. No, I totally agree. Um, and it's actually a good segue because I wanted to talk real quick about um, that. That's all that Tony does is he keeps, he, you know, he lies to all the women in his life. He lies to Carmela. He lies to Meadow. He's even lying to Melfi, his shrink. Yeah. And he goes on to do that throughout the series, of course. But, you know, that moment where Meadow's asking him about, you know, are you in the mafia? It's just such a great moment. But. You know, he's still lying to her. He's he's plotting someone's death. Now, he, obviously, he couldn't open up to her about that. But, you know, you're on a college trip with your daughter. You're probably not supposed to be out killing someone while she's, you know, in between schools and stuff. It just, I don't know, it kind of set the stage for him lying to every woman in his life. And here he is starting with Meadow at, which what, she's 17, I guess, or 16 at this point. She's looking at colleges. I guess she's 16 mm-hmm. or 17, right? So... Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that was – it's good. That, that's why it's one of my favorite episodes because Meadow was always one of my favorite characters and the relationship between her and Tony. And, you know, he got off on the wrong foot with her too early on. Yeah, and in fact, um, when Seppenwall brought up that the, the, the Meadowlands episode was kind of a take on her name, which I never even considered why her name was her name. Like, you know, I've heard the Meadowlands a million times. I've been there a million times in my life. I never really – thought of it that way if that's even a consideration for her character's name but i like the idea in that episode when she's showing aj you know of course aj's total dummy doesn't realize his dad's in the pub but <laughs> I, I like the fact that that that's the one thing where they didn't they made it interesting like they didn't make the kids entirely stupid they knew what was going on you know i i, I thought i thought it was perfect like they didn't overplay it it didn't need to be like a zillion episodes of the kids figuring it out. I think they played it perfectly of how they did it and how she asked him. I, I, th- I thought it was a really good job on that, on that aspect. Yeah. It wouldn't be very interesting to watch that unfold for a season and a half. It, you're right. I mean, I think the, the, the degree to which they exposed us to that was good. It was, it was interesting. And look, you even just have that moment at Jackie's funeral, Jackie's, um, April's funeral, when AJ sees his father across, you know, the, the graveyard there at a cemetery. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it's like, oh, God, yeah, he does look like a mob boss with all these yeah. guys around him. You know, he's realizing it. Like, holy shit, Meadow's right. My dad's in the mob. And I'll, nev- um, I'll never forget where that stripper was that day. <laughs> That's hilarious. I never forget where I was this day. <laughs> it's like the OJ chase or something. Uh, you know, oh, um shit. Yeah, Seppenwall, he, I, I, either the next episode, maybe, he brought up the fact that, or maybe earlier, about how Tony realized that he can use Melfi for a lot of help that he needs. And just, you know, how he put Junior in charge. Um, obviously, he asked about his kids all throughout and his mother, how to deal with everybody. I, you know, I kind of knew this, I guess, all along the course of the show. But, man, I didn't, like, he realized right away that this is an asset for him, being able to bounce stuff off her and come up with good ideas from someone that's actually is smart well and that's something that they revisit later in the series right yes um, oh yeah 
Yeah, we don't have to get into that now. But yes, it was clear early on that that's how they were kind of positioning it. That Tony's not a he's not a dummy. You know, he's actually getting some advice here, almost like a consigliere. Yep. Uh, from this person who's not aware that they're actually helping this guy navigate through being a mob boss and, and how to deal with his adversaries and how to solve, you know, problem solve. Pretty interesting. I think, and and when you think about, you know, so Chase didn't necessarily have like every storyline in his head, the Buscemi. He just had the, you know, the broad sketch of everything. And normally, if you think about rewatching a show, you're going to think about the first couple of seasons as like, uh, you know, it takes a little bit for a show to get its shit together and, and become what you're used to. Um, you know, even maybe Game of Thrones would be that way if you rewatch. Actually, that was always good from the beginning. But I, I, I was I'm getting more and more impressed watching The Sopranos from the pilot through these episodes. All everything was laid out and it, it, it was and it was done, you know, like we said, a little ham handed in, in certain areas. But otherwise, Everything was there and then really wrapped up, you know, it gets a it gets a tough rap for the ending. But when you wrap up the Melfi stuff, when she finally figures it out and, you know, Meadow even kind of following Carmelo's footsteps and I'm going to be engaged to a mob son. And it's just, um, you know, it was all there. It was really all there and just just done so perfectly from the beginning. I was I was a little bit shocked almost how good it was from the beginning. No, you're right. It, it was perfect. And um Look, I mean, they had they had great writers, and I think David Chase, you know, he, my God, what a genius, you yep. know, just co- constructing this entire story of this mafia family, and and then not only that, just like the psychosis uh, inside, you know, Tony's head, and and uh, or the psyche rather, not the psychosis, <laughs> the psyche, you know, of, of Tony and Carmela and all the main ca- major characters, you know, that's why it was so amazing this yep. show. You know, it was like analyze this, but, you know, on a serious note and actually about a thousand times deeper. So uh, let's jump into the final episode of the week for us, which would be episode six, uh, Pax Soprano. Mm-hmm. Pax Soprano, one of my favorites, actually, um, of the first season, only because I like this. I liked it when they started to show uh, the struggle with Junior, you know, taking on that that role as the boss or what he believes is the boss he's the figurehead and and how he's automatically just he's just going after guys pockets man yeah and it's exactly what you would have expected of him right he wouldn't know how to handle being the boss uh, well he's always been in the shadow yeah always always under his brother's you know shadow or you know always like second class to him you know, you want to come to, you know, getting girls, getting everything like he's always just, you know, and this is the reason, you know, he's probably half afraid of when it comes to this and doesn't know it is that he didn't have the temperament for it or the smarts. Right. Yeah, he couldn't help himself. You know, he starts taxing Hesh um, and, he, he, you know, he's not letting the rest of his guys earn the way they need to, you know, to keep their families going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, Tony has to step in behind the scenes as he does so many times when Junior is, you know, at the helm here in the first season. And, yeah, Junior always comes out looking like a moron to us, the viewer, right? But Tony lets him think that he's a genius. Yeah. He's even going to New York or, to, you know, and talking to Johnny Sack, who, by the way, Johnny Sack, for me, was just the – he was like the ideal mobster. Or like the perfect choice to play that New York – you know, c- consigliere, right? At that time, he was consigliere, or was he underboss? 
for Carmine? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, maybe I, underboss. I, I thought he was Consigliere, mm. uh, which may be underboss. I don't even know. Like, I wish I was up on the structure of a, a mob family. I don't know who's underboss. Is that usually the Consigliere? I don't. I don't know. Uh, Come on, damn it! You're fam- Italian family had More a lot. Me. Family had a lot of buffers, Johnny. That's all I know. <laughs> Yeah, good, good line. I, I like when he, you know, he's really buttering up Junior, and like it's so obvious and so just over the top. And Junior, <laughs> Junior Johnny Sack, yeah, Junior just eats it all up. Oh, uh, the smarts on this guy, the strong as a bull, and like the whole, like, oh my god. Yeah, if there are any flies on you, they're paying rent. Yeah, oh, <laughs> oh my god, what a great line. it is a great line. You know, uh, real quick. So this was directed by Alan Taylor. Who's yes. who's basically a, you know, Sopranos all star. Uh, just he also uh, directed some Deadwoods, Mad Men's, um, Game of Thrones. He did um, Behind the Wall, Beyond the Wall episode. He's done a lot of stuff we love. And he's, he did. So he's got a good pedigree. Yeah, absolutely. And he's doing many. Well, and this is a great episode. He's doing many Saints of Newark. And. Um, It'll be interesting to see, like, like even the fact that, you know, so Tony is so, has such a connection with Christopher. And, like, you know, Junior barely knows who this guy is, it seems like. He's like, you know, who's this Christopher? Like, I, I, the movie, I hope, will take care of that a little bit of why he was on the outs or why he doesn't know all this shit. Yeah. Well, the movie about uh, Dickie Moltisanti. Right. Chris, Christopher's father, yeah. I'm interested in that. That prequel, that's going to be a good one. It'll definitely get, it, it'll definitely help get inside, you know, um, Christopher's past, and not really so much his past, but the things that he knew about his father that we didn't get to hear all that much about. Yeah. We really didn't. But it sounds like he was an important guy. He was an important figure in that family. Yeah. That's why, it's like, like I said, I, I, I guess they didn't realize it back then, but the junior should be more aware of Christopher. Yeah. He wasn't. It's kind of odd. It is. He he wasn't at all. You know he, and most people they didn't really give Christopher that much respect. Tony did probably more than anyone. Can Christopher still fucking mouthy? Um, you know, even when he was uh, when oh when Jackie died to him in Meadowlands, and he's like you know, Tony had to strangle him to shut him up. What did he say? I, I I'm going to question your your leadership. Like <laughs> I got to question your leadership. Oh my yeah. god! Like yeah, he was. He was off the wall in the, in the beginning here. He was. He's a goofball. He's always Christopher was always an idiot. Not very bright. No. He had the you know he had the the street smarts you know that 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 common criminal way of thinking. So he always could see angles, right? He's really good with that. But my God, he could never be. That's why he wasn't a very good captain. He just didn't think clearly. Yeah. He made dumb decisions, right? Um. Which we get to see later on. But I mean, it's amazing. This was the. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. It's amazing how, how, how mob, how the mob can even maintain itself because, you know, these guys are not smart guys. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just and and they're all you know they're all essentially killers. They really they're not even loyal to each other because you know they'll kill each other at the drop of a hat. Um, and yeah, they're just not they're they're not smart enough for this type of stuff. 
No. Yeah, they played that up a lot. I mean, there were some smart ones. Like I said, I think that's why I thought Johnny Sack was always such a great character. He's a, he was a smart guy. Yeah. Right? He could he could see all the angles. Um, you know, his only problem was he eventually comes out, you know, he uh, has cancer and dies. You know, so that was the that was the only downfall for him, but otherwise he was one of the smartest guys in both families. Uh Johnny Sack, you know. He would have won a war at the end, I I would think. He could have taken down Tony. Yeah, yeah, he could have. He he was he, my favorite. I like um. I like when Livia notices <laughs> Junior's cologne. You smell like a. Uh, she says that you smell like a French, French butana. <laughs> <laughs> and then and Tony comes in and like walks by and 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 she's like, "Who's this?" And she's like, "This is my son." Oh, how handsome! It was Millie. Yeah. And then she turns away. You going to bingo? <laughs> Olivia tells Tony. She's a degenerate gambler, that one. <laughs> uh, she has so many good lines when she's living at Green Grove. I love the Gunga. It's like I'm living next door to Gunga <laughs> Den. <laughs> Sorry, what a I love it. Reference. And then when he oh, it's so I good. Think she's going to go downstairs and play bingo or something. And uh, he brought her cookies and she just turned around. She's like, bring the cookies. She just <laughs> yells at it. Just You can tell she was just a bitch. She's uh, just the worst mother. It's, it's a, awful. Uh, it's a shame, yeah, we didn't have her longer. It really is. I, I know. And They've again, really done a lot of great things. And I guarantee you, every dumb Sopranos viewer hated the Livia parts. Yeah, and it's like, or, why? That You're literally understanding what went into the development of Tony as a person. Yeah. That's what it was all about. Um, but let's get back to, uh, Tony in this episode. This was one thing I love this episode, but one thing I hated about it was again, this heavy handed him falling in love with Melfi. Like I get it. He's, you know, he's replacing the lack of a mother figure or, you know, by, by putting Melfi in that position. And, and then he somehow he's falling in love with her. He thinks he's falling in love with her. Like to make an ass of himself that way. It just felt out of character for me. Like, this tough guy, he's proclaiming his love for a woman who he's probably seen for, like, I don't know, a couple months at this point. I don't know. I didn't like that. I thought it was weird. Well, I think think they explained it by when she said that that typically happens in therapy. Um, It's probably certainly opened up parts of his mind that he's never used before. Um, I I think it's... I think it could be understandable. Yeah. I, again, it was one of those things where I felt like they were shoving it in my face. Like, all right, he's going to fall in love with his shrink now. It, it just felt like too rushed for me. But They did. Um, you know, he should. I don't, it was weird that he just got right up and tried to kiss her. That was odd. You could. I don't know. Maybe for a guy like yeah. that, that's what he would do anyway. Um, did Now, did you believe it when he said that he was going to knock out Arena, you communist, let me get this correct, you communist cunt? Was that? <laughs> yes, that's did, another did that, great line from the episode. Did that play true? <laughs> that played very true. Yeah, so that's the person, That that's the character I've come to recognize. Yeah. Is the guy who's threatening Irina like that. Yeah, I didn't see it so much. Yeah, you communist cunt. I didn't, I didn't yeah. see it as much when he was playing lovey-dovey with Melfi in the office. Okay. Yeah, I, I yeah I can see the disconnect there. It's, it, I, I've never 
I've never really dated someone. I don't think that that was that insane. Or uh, who who throws a candle in in the world? Who would do that? Not that it's gonna he, not that it's gonna stay lit, but the idea of you know even uh even what's her, even Connie in Godfather One of just breaking all her stuff. I never understood this. Well, wouldn't you say that you know his his mother was volatile, right? We know his mom was volatile. He seemed to pick volatile women. Car- Carmela is the only one who really wasn't all that wild. You know, she was kind of stable. That's kind of what he needed when he looked for a wife. He found the right one. Um, but girlfriend-wise, I mean, Irina, very volatile. Um, when you think, uh, you know, into future episodes, Gloria, you know, he's always picking some wackadoos. No, for sure. Um, I, I'm just, I was, yeah, I was more asking in general of what, do, do people really do this in real life, just throw everything around? Uh, I guess, yeah. I guess so. I, right. I, yeah, I've been friends with couples who would get into fights where they would throw like a, I, I know the, the wife threw a telephone at the husband and it like went through the window, the kitchen window. <laughs> this is like, yeah, back when you had like the, the, when people actually use phones at home. Right. And, you know, ripped it out of the wall and threw it right at his head and, you know, he, he dodged it and went out the window. Um, yeah, there are, there are people that get with, with people that act like that. Okay. For sure. And definitely, if you're dating some, you know, weird foreigner... Uh, who's probably already got issues, you know, like Irina, I think she's got a lot of issues from probably growing up poor, maybe not having a father figure in, uh, where's she from? She Russian or she, she's Russian. I always forget. So she is Russian. Yeah. Okay. She's not, she's not a Czechoslovakian. No. Do you think Tony knows that those, that Czechs are communist or where? (laughs) I don't know what he knows. (laughs) <laughs> they don't seem to know much, these guys. They really don't. He had a semester um, and a half at Seton Hall, so. <laughs> how about um? How about the scene? So Junior's getting fitted, so they're going to throw this dinner for him. It's basically like crowning him as the, the boss. And he's getting fitted for his suit. And uh, the tailor is telling him the story about how his grandson... You know, he, he bought some drugs or he was hooked. Yeah. And then he winds up committing suicide. And then Mikey Palvis, he jumps in with, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, what it, it's it's the kid that jumped off the bridge. And he, he, he said he was, like, swirling around. The water was so, was so rough. He was swirling around and bashing his head against the rocks. Like, this guy is so dumb. He's tell, retelling this story in front of the grandfather. And Junior is smart. You know, Junior has to say, dude, shut the fuck up about that. But no. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was... That... And I like how they dealt with that. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was good stuff, even though, you know, they're costing money again. Um, but, yeah. yeah that's I, true. They're, they're, God, they went to that bridge quite a bit in these first episodes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so that was that was when uh, Mahaffey... Yeah, they took him right, there, they, too. They had, yeah, yeah, Mahaffey was there, and that guy, did they go there again? I don't know why, I feel like they're at that bridge at least one more time. Yeah, I think Hesh was there at some point. Wasn't Hesh there with Mahaffey? Oh, was he there? Okay, okay. Then, yeah, I don't know, I feel like they were there. I know I know. Uh, Pussy was there, or was he there with Mahaffey, too? P- Pussy was there with, yeah, so maybe we're wrong, it's just the two times. Pussy was there with Hesh and Mahaffey, because Mahaffey was into... Wasn't he into Hesh? 
wasn't Hash his uh, loan shark? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I th- so. They need a new some more someone to scout more new locations. Yeah, I I know. Well, I guess you know when they were probably working on a limited budget, it's one season or first season of an HBO show. Like I don't think they go crazy throwing money at something that they don't even know if it's gonna last. Yeah. Who ever heard of a Jew riding horses? <laughs> so good. Yeah. They had to have a lot of fun writing Livia's lines. They really uh, did. I like I like uh when when he when he's coming up, I didn't even make note of the Augustus stuff or what Tony was saying to, to Junior Bow when <laughs> Junior's like, Yeah, you had a swing like Joe G. But uh you were back <laughs> You were batting 500, chasing skirt. <laughs> yeah, at that, you, that's right. They yeah, complimented, complimented him on that, at least. But, yeah, he was uh, he's always finding a, a chance to put Tony down. You know, that that's what was always behind Tony's. The reason why Tony could never totally warm up to Junior. Yeah. I guess because, for whatever reason, Junior always had to go after him and, and belittle him. I guess it was Junior's insecurities. That Ab- had to be it. Yeah, absolutely. No, no wife, no kids. You know. Yeah. The nephew of of the brother I couldn't outshine. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Um, you know, we're talking about Carmella coming to grips for the first time we see on the show of of, of the life she's chosen, but you know she's always going to fall for. A piece of jewelry, you know, a watch, you know, when a when, fur coat, a fur coat. When 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 she says to Tony that she, when she realizes she wants to, you know, be more in his life, so he doesn't have to go to a girlfriend. And you know, she even falls for the line of Tony saying, you know, you're not just in my life, you are my life. I mean, who, who in their right mind would ever fall for that? It's such a, <laughs> it's such a bullshit line. I know. She was so silly. It's like, that that was always dumb to me, like how she would fall for these moves. Yeah, and the ne- like you said, the necklace and everything else. I guess towards the end, she kind of she she I, she sort of doesn't fall for it as much, but well, certainly early on. And probably probably a case of us uh, not recognizing that you know what Chase is telling us is that you know anybody can put the blinders on. You know, if you don't want to see something. You won't see it. I mean, she she sees it occasionally, but for day to day, she wants that house. She wants to buy new furniture. She wants fancy outfits and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. She's it's this comfortable life that you know, regardless of the means by which uh, she's getting it, she's fine with that. You know, and she needs it. So mm-hmm. whatever Tony's got to do to earn that money, uh, she's going to be fine with it. Uh, great episode. I love the way that it finished, uh, how they, they got the FBI undercover there, um, serving the drinks at the dinner for Junior and mm-hmm. and the taking pictures of everyone. I always loved the ending of that one. Great episode, man. I don't like the guy that does – the FBI guy that puts Junior as boss. And th- instead of making a new you know, index card, he just crosses it out and puts boss. That's the FBI. They got – you know. They gotta watch costs. They have a the budget. Agency. They got a budget. Absolutely. I don't know why stuff like that annoy, annoys me. Like when I when I write out stuff for myself, like 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 Hayden's um, like Hayden's schedule. Like I'll write it and put it up like on the on the door so we all can look at it. Yeah. No, and I'll I'll write it and if I don't like how I started writing it, like I'll I'll start over 
and make sure it's neat and like I don't know that stuff just is weird. I'm weird. Well, I I don't think I was annoyed as much by that as he, it took him forever to cross it out. They cross it out so slowly. If I'm crossing something out, I don't put like one X through it. I scribble over it. Yeah, I don't want to quickly. Right. I don't want to be able to still be able to read it. But for dramatic effect, I I, I understood why they were doing it. I, so we're, we're nitpicking. I know, I know. It's just the, the, these are the stupid things I I notice. <laughs> so listen, so we have so that was episodes four, five, and six. So I'm thinking, do you want to take on this week? Just take on seven and eight, and then we'll come back the week following and do nine, ten because there's only four episodes left in this season. So I don't want to like cross over into a new season. I don't want to do three this week and then the following week get on episode 10 and then start into season two does that make sense to you it does there's 13 episodes though right oh is there yeah god why was i thinking there's only uh 10 no there's 13 all right i'm getting so used to um it seems like most most series on hbo now they go for 10 episodes okay so we could do the next three yeah that's all right all right so seven eight and nine then we can do uh, 10 11 and then 12 and 13 then two and two sure all right, so my strategy was right. It's just not going to be this week. Yes. All right. Um, I guess before we go, I wanted to touch on Game of Thrones a little bit because it's now about we're about a month and a half away, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more from Game of Thrones, and uh, I don't know about you, man, but I'm pretty fucking excited for this <laughs> final season. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm dreading, I'm dreading the the Sunday night when it's over. And then waiting a week. Yes, I agree with you. But, you know, there's plenty of other things you could watch to keep yourself, you know, occupied that week. We've talked about this before. You know, it's, it's no longer the time where you only have three things you could watch and they're all only coming on once a week. Like, you could just binge watch something all week in between episodes of Game of Thrones. Certainly. You know, and it, it's also the terror of knowing that these are the last ones. Like, we'll never have... What I think, yeah. It, yeah, that we're never going to have that that premiere night of this season. We're never going to have that again of new stuff from these people that we all love. That's what sucks. Well, we only have ten hours left, roughly. I think yeah. that's what they told us. Uh, ten hours, six episodes, um, and God, I hope they do it correctly. That that's, I mean, you know, Colton's got his fears. My fear would be <laughs> that they screw this up somehow. I don't think they will, based on past history, but they could. They could screw this up. I'm nervous. What's, no, what what would constitute you, a screw up? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. I guess I would know it when I see it. You know, like, do they do they do they um skip over plot lines? You know, do they not connect dots correctly or make it true to how it should actually be? Like those are things. Just, just the little things. I want it to end cleanly. I don't want them to leave anything untied. Yeah, the White Walkers I care of first couple episodes and kind of get them out of the way, and then let's go back to the humans. But if, it, but if it's all simultaneously happening, happening, I don't know if that's how I want it to go down. I think it's got to be the humans dealing with each other and then dealing with the White Walkers. Oh. That, that's how I would, I would. That that was how I always envisioned it. Um, going down i mean really the main threat is the white walker that would be to me the climax of this series I guess, who's more powerful than that night king yeah i guess you're right so it, it'll, it'll end up brand versus the white walker final episode 
Yeah. Well, that's what it sounds like, right? Yeah. It, it sounds like the odds-on favorite to be on the Iron Throne is Bran. Yep. And whether or, not, whether or not that means him as Bran or him as the Night King, you know, warging into the Night King's head. Yes. I don't know. It's kind of scary. They raised some really good uh, potential, potential plot lines on Bill Simmons' podcast, the one that you sent to me. Um, I think it's almost too simple that it's just John and Danny ruling together, you know, having a family. Like, that's almost like the happy ending we all would want, I think, to a, to a man. I Now that I'm just talking about it, I almost think um, – if you can kill a man that's died already, but maybe Jon Snow goes down or Danny, you know, somebody dies that we're just expecting a death that's going to destroy us. Yeah, I think that what you're saying, yeah, I totally agree. You know, most of America believes, all right, the happy ending is going to be those two ruling together or they're going to have a kid and, you know, be a big happy ruling family on the Iron Throne. They're going to kill Cersei, uh, you know, bada bing, bada boop. It's all done. Oh, and then, by the way, they killed the Night King. I do think it's going to be a nightmare scenario. I had heard there were some actors, you know, from the show who were very unsettled with the ending. Oh, really? How it all turns out. Yeah, that was just, you know, no, no spoiler shit. there. Just, yeah, just saying that they were unsettled. So that doesn't sound very much to me like Jon Snow is sitting on the Iron Throne. Yeah, you know, you're right. Like I said, I, the more I'm thinking about it right now in this moment, the perfect ending is, is exactly what you said. It's John and Danny. They go kill Cersei, but then they they take on Jamie, let him be the hand of the king, and they let uh, you know Tyrion be something special. You know, every, it's all our favorites standing there at the end, like it's Star Wars, and they're all just giving each other medals or something. And but that's just not yeah. There's no chance that happens. And it's like yeah, the, the guy that's been <laughs> been mostly boring us to death throughout, or at least those middle seasons of Bran just being carried around. You know, for him to take <laughs> right, like who cares about tiny him to take over? <laughs> right, you know, if he takes over, but it, it, you know, at this point, it makes the most sense. Then there's a great. I think they said it on uh, Simmons is, um, who is the dude? Who's the fat guy that they're saying is, you know, that would be George R. R. Martin saying, yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm, Sam. Right, I'm gonna be the hero of this. Right. Yeah. Oh God, could you imagine if somehow Sam sits on the Iron Throne? <laughs> <laughs> that would be just ridiculous. No, um, yeah, I'm look, I I don't think they're gonna screw it up. I think it probably sounds like from what I'm hearing, it sounds like they're doing it right. And it, it's not gonna be the ending that we anticipate, but it'll probably be an ending that we've heard by the time we're done listening to all these podcasts about the show. And certainly seeing how things are going in these in this final season and as we go through these six episodes, I think we're gonna start to see like where things are headed. But I do believe that the, the humans are going to deal with each other first, hmm. and then they will have to deal with the white, the the White Walkers and, and the Night King. That's how I think it's going to go. Okay, it may, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I thought it was going to be the opposite, but it seems it probably makes more sense where you, what you're thinking of, since I think the show opened up with a White Walker in episode one. Um, it, I wonder it do they, do they let um, the fuck is her name? Um, who is the daughter? Who's uh, Sansa's sister? Who's Sansa? No, her sister. Oh, Arya. 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 Is, do they let Arya, like, kill Cersei, you know, to, like, check off her list? 
Well, hey, that I don't know. So there's some interesting theories about Cersei's death. Um, one of them being that there was this, and especially in the book, I think they talked about it on Simmons' podcast about the Valonqar. Yeah. She went, yeah, she had her fortune read. Uh, maybe not a fortune reading, but it was basically some witch that told her, here's what's going to happen to you. And one of those things was called the Valonqar, meaning your little brother um, is going to kill you. You're going to die at that person's hands. You're going right. to die with their hands around your neck. And uh, so, you know, look, a lot of people have thought that was Tyrion, and she certainly seems to think that that would be Tyrion. And um, but Jamie apparently was born after her, like right? A minute after her, so he is in theory her younger brother. So there are people that think she's going to die at Jamie's hands. Um, some people used to think it would be Tyrion. It w it would make sense that Jamie would be the one to kill her. Yeah, I had forgotten about all that. That's true. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so so we'll see. But I don't know what's in store for Arya because look, I, she's one of my favorite storylines. I truly. Right, she not she has maybe she kills the oh, I guess she won't be able to kill a Walker, but or the the, the Night King, but yeah, she's going to have to be prominently involved in something. Um, well, I think she's going to be a, a huge weapon, right? Yeah, it's like she's going to be a she she's the um she's the wild card. I think her story, like her her story arc, was mostly completed um, last season. You know where she it looked like she was heading down the wrong path there towards the end. But then, um, oh God, what's the name of that that brilliant prick? Littlefinger. That, um, yeah, Littlefinger. You know, I think it kind of culminated with her being the end of Littlefinger, her and Sansa. That kind of like felt like the end of Arya's story arc for me. Like she's still involved, but I don't think that she's going to be a main focus of this season. I don't. Yeah, I, I love her though. I don't see. Um... I don't see any odds on the two sites I use for who will be the king. I know there's odds out there, but I wonder if there's odds on who's going to die because, I mean, I could be convinced of anything right now. Are they going to have a shocking – there's going to be a Breaking Bad ending every week, but it'll be like a death or something that, you know, you know any, any of these characters dying is going to be, you know, like a huge moment. But you know, we, you, we know it's happening. I wonder how many – of those types of things will be happening. Will be episode one. Will be like right in the beginning of episode one, or at least at the end of episode one. Um, yeah, I just can't. Well, I, I can't wait. You just don't know. It's no holds barred at this point. There's only six episodes left. You know, hour and a half a piece, or whatever they're going to be, seventy minutes to ninety minutes. Some of them close to two hours, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. They have to. You figure every episode there's going to be something monumental happening. They have to move this story along, and that means people have to die. Yeah. And I think it's uh, they're almost in the back of our minds. You know, we've seen Tyrion just skate out of every situation. And you're like, all right, maybe this is one of the untouchables on this show. Like somehow he's going to, you know, live to the end. But that's that that's yeah. that might be the, the, the toughest death. Um, it will be. However, I really like it's funny because I'm a, again, everyone likes Tyrion. I like Tyrion. He's hilarious and. I love his character and you rooted for him, right? Because he was a dwarf and he was hated by just about his entire family, mm -hmm. except for Jamie. And, um, yet I think Ben Shapiro was correct that Tyrion is not a good decision maker and he hasn't helped anybody with his planning. Um, yeah. and it's funny that you consider, you always consider him to be wise and, and you know, he see, he always seems to be smarter than everyone in the room, but I guess it's not really that way. 
he hasn't helped the, these rulers get anywhere. No, but he's talked himself out of death so much. That's why he's persuasive and, and smart. That's what he's smart about. But yeah, he doesn't have the the war uh, tactician skills. Well, and I wonder if that comes to an end here in the final season. Him being able to worm his way out of death as many times as he has. Right. I think Cersei. I think Cersei might take him out. Hmm. Oh, but no, no. That she could have done it last year. Well, she could have, but I think that she's going to get him again. I, I don't know. Look, let's put it this way: If I think that Jamie's going to kill Cersei. I think that she's going to push him to that by maybe taking out his brother. Oh, okay. All right. That's a, their, their brother. That's an interesting point. Okay. Yeah. That, but, you know, that's if you're of the belief that Jamie's going to be the one to end Cersei's life. So, to me, it just – that would be fuel of the fire for him to do that. My God. We should uh, – we might have to start podcasting on Sunday nights, right? Do we want to wait, I know. wait all week to talk about this? I don't. Yeah, it's going to be tough. We'll have to jump on at like 11 o'clock at night. I want to get on record before a bald move, and then they can explain everything to us after the <laughs> we can we, <laughs> We'll come on, get everything wrong, and then have them figure it, figure it out for us later in the week. Well, yeah, but they'll be doing like – those will be two-and-a-half-hour podcast episodes each week. Yeah. Because right? to, to unpack these episodes is going to take a long time. There's going to be so much in each one of these well, the, six episodes. Yeah, so The Ringer has – an after show like Twitter show or something like a video, you know, like a, like a show, but it's not on TV. Um, they do that instantly. Um, I don't know how many other people are doing that, but we could certainly throw our podcast hat in the ring there. We could. I, it's funny that we picked now to do a Sopranos rewatch, like literally six weeks before this game of Thrones. Why did we not go back and, and just watch game of Thrones over? And do a Game of Thrones rewatch. <laughs> like, wow, this is really fucking master planning on our part. Oh, shit. Okay. I got to jump from Mafia to, you know, dragons and wizards. Um, well, back and forth. I'll tell you, you know, I, I rewatched Game of Thrones before last season. And I'm not saying I don't want to do it again, but I just wasn't up for it this year. I'm watching, I don't know, I'm watching too much other stuff. I got Miami Vice. I can't watch rewatch Game of Thrones. Well, hey, I'm on the leftovers, and it's a little too late to get into that. I'd like to get into leftovers next and, week. I'm gonna try and finish up season one of leftovers over the next couple of days, and, mm-hmm. and and be able to talk a little bit about it next week with you. All right, good. Yeah, you're the leftovers expert. There's some good stuff there. I might have to like kind of rewatch a little bit of that too. But I, you know, The Sopranos. In our defense, you know, Sepinwall's book came out. It was a 10 year anniversary. So it's a perfect storm of of us and Sepinwall, you know, figuring it all out. And you know, we're from Jersey, so we know better than anybody. Oh, there's always a good time to talk about Sopranos. Yeah, you know, it's never a bad time. I just thought it'll, our timing could have been better. You know, leading up to Game of Thrones, it'll uh, yeah, it'll just be a, a a month and a half hiatus from the Sopranos once April hits. That, that's that's true for sure we're gonna have to take a break from that unfortunately and maybe um, just maybe brian harper who what's gonna happen first game of thrones premiere or brian harper bryce harper signs brian the, harper I know. What the fuck? is bryce harper gonna sign ever what the fuck so uh question for you about that before we go um 
what are the what are the huge signings that, that think it take picture pictures out of the equation? Tell me the teams that had huge signings like that, like a Bryce Harper, um, that then went on to win the World Series. Uh, it might be kind of none if you're thinking. Uh, uh, well, no, I'm sorry. What's his name? Um, Alex A Rod. You know, yeah. you technically give him a. But they already nine. had Jeter. Right. They already had Jeter and the best pitching in baseball. Right. It should have worked out if the Rangers won with him or Seattle. Yeah. I, I don't. Wait. Yeah, I'm so not, like. I'm not crazy about this Bryce Harper business. Well, because of the money or the years? I think because I think he's a dick. Um, I think they're investing money. Now, look, if they have the money to go after the pitching that I want, then great. You know, I'd always rather see a team go after an ace pitching staff rather than one guy out of nine or eight who's you know he gets up to bat every 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 nine guys, and um, I don't know. It seems like a lot of money to me. That's all. If they yeah, if they have money left not, over for, not, for pitching, then go ahead. It's not your money. There's also talk that it's going to be you know Keiko could come possibly after Harper's signed. Um, okay. Because he's still out there, yeah. and what's his name? Kimbrel's still out there, and yeah, of yeah. course, no one's saying it's it's the one guy, but he's 26, he's young enough. I don't understand why 10 years has become a thing. Like, why can't you just make it eight years or seven or just any? 10 just seems we're not going to like anybody after 10 years. I mean, especially no, he seems like a dick. Now, see, I don't, you know, it's, it's funny. I was listening to uh, Crossing Broad, uh, their, yeah. their Phillies podcast, and uh, Anthony Sanfilippo was talking about how his son, I think is around 12 or so, somehow his 12-year-old son likes baseball, which is amazing, and he was saying how he doesn't like Harper. He just hates him because of the Nationals and all this, and, and I don't know. I never, you know, it's not like he's Sidney Crosby or anything. Like, I never felt that way with Harper. I don't. I don't get the I don't see the dicking that I mean I can kind of understand I guess where you're coming from but I don't have like a hatred for him like I gotta reset my whole thinking to welcome him on the team I don't I don't have that at all. No, no, I think he's gonna be a diva. That's all that I mean. I, I think he's a dick like he's huh. a, like he's a diva. It's gonna be a pain in the ass that way. That's what comes along with these high priced guys. And getting back to that money point, I don't care how much money they have to spend. It's not that. To me, as a fan, to me, it only impacts me if if they don't have the money to go after, you know, better pitching. Uh, I don't know. Say they need a a, a better closer, whatever. You know, I'm not making those calls, but that's why I don't like them shelling out as much money as they're going to on Bryce because they might be reluctant to spend it in other areas. Yeah, no, I don't think that's the case, and I don't know. Um, I should know what 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 the salary cap or luxury tax. Um... Uh, situation is but i mean it seems like the phillies are the only pe- i mean if the cubs and the yankees and the red sox are not signing him it's amazing to me how they're not crying poor about it but not even considering it um so we must have so much cash or under you know whatever it's it's hard because, i guess so so yeah that's 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 the other thing too i just don't understand why spring training has started and you don't want to be on a field somewhere just so you, you know, because at this point, it's just because so Scott Boris can say, you know, that he has the highest contract ever and like the record, you know, it, it, to me, the problem is the agent. Uh, you know, if, if, 
if if a if a club can give a, a player three hundred million, well, that means that they have a zillion times more than that in the bank. Like, you know, I'm not worried about the owner. The owners are making tons of money as is. So I don't, I don't regret the player for getting that money. It's just that, you know, when, when the agents come in for this, I think it fucks everything up. Well, well, Boros has been making teams pay forever. Yeah. You know, he's, he's been doing this for a long time. Anytime he's involved, you know, that the team's going to be bucking up for somebody. So, yeah, I mean, look, I hope this is all done. I hope certainly hope that's wrapped up by, by the time Game of Thrones rolls around. Jesus. <laughs> this is when I die. Hopefully there's heaven. I can go up there and I can say, all right, you know, who really killed Kennedy? And did, you know, did the Bryce Harper offer change from November to March? You know, what was what was the differences? Why did he wait so long? You know. Yeah, what happened? I mean, he's just going to, I mean, at this point, he's what Machado got, you know, 30 for 10 so you know he's going to get 30 and a half for 10 i mean it's it's all boris wants right i think so i think that's all he's looking for um but again look i hope everything turns out great i i want to see harper in philadelphia i want to see that oh my god with that again he's gonna hit he's gonna be amazing he's gonna hit a zillion line drive homers in right field Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun over at Citizens Bank Park. You know, they're going yep. to, they'll have a great season. I just I don't know looking back at the history of major signings like this, which teams benefited benefited from those signings to the point where they won a World Series. I don't know too many stories like that besides A-Rod. I was trying to think through it the other night and I couldn't think of any. Um besides A-Rod and for me, <laughs> the Yankees were already set up to win. Yeah. Yeah, why would it the club? All right. 300 million just break it down to 35 a year over six years like yeah i don't know i mean does that kill the player to not have the extra years you know you're getting i guess this same In amount of money or more i don't know i don't know what 35 times six is actually it's 102 is it? i know 210 yeah, 35 times six yeah, yeah 210. 210 all right so you gotta give him 40 for six years i mean who cares what the, the number is Oh, whatever. We're still going to be talking about this until April. Yeah, we definitely will be. Probably, you're right. We're just starting to kick off our Game of Thrones recaps. <laughs> uh, this will be a point of conversation. That and whether or not, you know, so we know that the Sixers are going to be in the playoffs, obviously, probably a two or three seed. I don't think that they're going to be a one seed. Um, at least we'll have that to talk about in the spring. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Flyers. They, 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 they screwed up by winning so many games. They could have had a better draft pick. Yeah, they could have. But, and, you and know. The, the Sixers, I don't know, Embiid, until he comes back. Who knows? It's not going to be enough time for them to figure it out. They can't beat Boston. They, they You know, I don't know what they're going to do with Milwaukee or Toronto. But then again, we got to give these guys some time to come together. And I don't think it can happen in, in two months. No, I agree. And and like we said earlier with Brett Brown at the helm, I'm not really all that thrilled. He's not my favorite coach. Yeah, he's starting to worry me a bit. I mean, you, you give him – I mean, certainly you he gets this year. I don't know how much more. All right. I, I don't know. I think this is enthralling conversation at this point that we're getting into. <laughs> Speculation on nothing. And, and <laughs> I'm pretty sure we are both – Tap the fuck out at one hour and 45 minutes in. Oh. This has got to be the longest we've ever gone. 
as a reminder, you know, gotta be. Do me put in the um put in the episode title, play at twice two times speed. As a, we're, we're like the Ron Je- we're the Ron Jeremy of podcasters going this long. <laughs> when you think about it, <laughs> holy shit, talking about literally fucking nothing here in the last two minutes of the show. Where the hell are we headed with this yeah. conversation? Let's just yeah. We, let's, we, we, feel, we feel the need to to discuss every uh you know every team in in town. All in this episode? <laughs> yeah. Nominally for 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah, cut that out. If not, well, enjoy. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the wings next. You, you got any, uh, <laughs> any points you wanted to hit before we jump over to lacrosse? The wings are back. You know, uh, they have some interesting attackers this year. and uh... <laughs> I'm really loving the goalie for the union this yeah. year. I got to get over to the stadium. Yeah, good hands on that guy. Good hands. <laughs> Uh, that's what she said. All right, so we are done. Oh, uh, listen, we're done for this week. Let's get on uh, episode seven, eight, and nine for next week. We will be back with episode thirty-three. Enjoy the rest of your uh, weekend as it is. Enjoy the Oscars tonight. Enjoy the final episode of True Detective season three. That's tonight as well. Uh, yeah, they redeemed themselves as well. Let's talk about that for another twenty we minutes. Did? Yeah, right. Let's just uh, we'll bust the two-hour mark. That's a good idea. Um, okay, All listen, right. it's going to take me about a week to edit this episode, so hopefully it'll be airing uh, sometime before the end of February. I'm not sure. Try to get it back before uh, Bryce, before Brian, before Brian Harper's eyes. Brian Harper. Such a wordsmith. All right, Johnny Cakes. All right. To all of the listeners, thank you so much for hanging in there, Jeff. Have a good night. Enjoy the Oscars. It's a god of the state of mind. Two guys from Jersey with attitude all the time. Football kids and movies about crime. It's a god in the state of mind.